find truth and preservation of our soul shine i can feel it yours and mine close your eyes and witness it inside in your bones you will know trust and let go Hi, everyone. Um, welcome to the first episode of All Things in the Name of Love in two years. I'm so sorry that I haven't been able to do this because I moved to Mount Shasta in March of 2020, and I've had massive, massive spiritual awakening since then. And uh, I've even changed my name from Erica to Sophia. Um, but I was called to start this podcast again. And so this is my first episode, and I have with me my dear, beloved soul sister and powerful energy healer, Linnea Marks. Hi. Hi, Linnea. How are you doing? I'm doing remarkably well. <laughs> and I'm just laughing at myself because I, I love doing podcasts. I love talking to people about their spiritual journeys. Mm -hmm. And... You know, when I came down here, everything in my life had switched and I moved eight times. I'm just telling you guys that because that's why I had I didn't have no stability. I had no place to record. Um, and now I finally feel stable enough to be able to do this again. And I feel that there's a deep calling for us to share our gifts more. And you were one of the first people I thought of to talk about like what's happening in our consciousness and how we can step into that higher vibration of who we really are. Mm, that's what's going on now, isn't it? Yeah. And I would say that you found your stability through all the movement because one of the great things about traveling, I love to travel because, and I love to travel alone mm. because when I travel, the only thing constant is me. True. You know, so I know it's me in this situation and that mm -hmm. situation, and that situation. It helps me find myself. And I know, you know, when I was younger, I did a lot of that. I don't mind the, I don't mind the travel. It's just the moving the stuff that I mind. That's why I got an RV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got tired reason. of moving the stuff. The That's RV has been great that yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you have, had quite a life experience. And I know you've written about it. Um, you started at a really early age at around four to start channeling, right? Well, uh, you know, one of the things that I wanted to talk about today was the Ghost Guiders. Right. And this is my latest book. You can find it on Amazon. It's ebook and it's a physical book. And it's all about helping ghosts across. And that started my... The first ghost I remember seeing happened the Thanksgiving after I was one. So my birthday's in September. So I was one and a few months okay. by Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And I saw a man in the basement. I didn't know he was a ghost. You know, wow. I remember holding the banister and holding my mom's hand and walking down the stairs very intentionally you know that it wasn't a familiar thing for me to go downstairs mm -hmm. like that into a dark basement and mom was was very she was in front of me you know to make sure that I was okay 
And when we got to the bottom, she was going into the refrigerator to get a, a jello mold mm -hmm. for my aunt. And I'm looking around at all these treasures. You know, my aunt was a very meticulous person and everything was packed in a plastic container or, okay. uh, or one of those zippered uh, bags for mm -hmm. clothes. And, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I just wanted to get in there and I wanted to see what, what's that? What's that? What's that? You know, it's like a treasure hunt for me, but I wasn't allowed to do that. So while I'm purveying all the things there, I see this man standing in the corner and I'm curious, wondering why he's in the corner. Maybe he was bad, you know, <laughs> what a little child would think. Yep. I thought he must've done something bad and yeah. put him in the corner. So I said to my mother, mommy, who's the man in the corner? And mommy flipped her stuff. I mean, she had the jello mold in one hand. She lifted me up into her arm and threw the door closed with her foot and ran up the stairs. And she was pregnant at the time. That's impressive. It's very impressive. My, my brother was born in April. So she was uh, pretty pregnant yeah. at that point. Yeah. Our family shows early. Okay. Like, by three months, everybody wow. knew I was pregnant okay. with her too. So uh, she went to the kitchen. And she popped me on the butt, put me into the living room, you know, mm -hmm. go stay there, stay yeah. in the living room. And she went in the kitchen. I heard her whispering to my aunt, I just saw a ghost. And I thought, oh, ghost? Wow. What, what, what's a ghost? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't sure. He just looked like a man to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So later she, my aunt, aunt said, oh yeah, her daughter had seen him too. And her daughter was 15 years older than me. Wow. So I knew that what I saw was real. You know, yeah, I yeah, had yeah. validation that early in my life wow. that these things were real. And later my aunt asked my mother to get me to explain the man. So I described him and it was exactly like my cousin had described the man. Wow. So after I had seen him and they knew that, you know, this little child was not lying, did not know how to lie about things right, like right. that. They went in search of the man's photograph and they found out there was a man who died in the house wow. before they bought the house and they got his photograph and it was exactly the man that's amazing you know when they showed it to me i was like that's the man in the basement wow. and my mother just got goosebumps all over oh yeah my aunt did too and they just said okay honey <laughs> they yeah. didn't know what to say they didn't know what to do with it yeah so i had very early experiences wow yeah. that's amazing so you didn't have the um, the same, I know you've done many, many, many things and I know we, we're only doing about an hour, so I won't go into all the details, but like you've been able to balance since you were little being spiritual and human. That's been a dance. Okay. That's been quite a dance. Okay. Um, I always knew that I was different. Mm-hmm. But I had validation. One of my other books is called Thirsting for a Raindrop. And that tells the story of the progression of mm -hmm. my spiritual journey. And when I was in, before kindergarten, they had me do a hearing test. And I used to complain about the refrigerator and different things in the house that made noise that nobody else could hear. Mm. When I had the hearing test, the nurse went to the doctor and said, she's lying. And I was like, I don't lie, you know, oh. a four-year-old is not going to be happy with someone yeah, telling yeah, yeah, her yeah. that she's lying. Yeah. Um, this is one of the deadly sins that your mother has told you about. <laughs> <not to> do. <laughs> so yeah. um, the doctor came out and he said, honey, 
and there's a wall and I couldn't see his hands. He had the machinery behind there. And he said, honey, put your fingers up. I had, you know, big headsets on. He said, put your fingers up for the number of times you hear the sound. And I, however many times yeah, yeah, yeah. he hit the sound. And when he was done, he turned to the nurse and he said, she's not lying. She just topped out the machine. She can hear above a dog whistle. Wow. So I had validation again that my perceptions were real. Yeah. They were unusual and out of the ordinary for my family, but they were real. Okay. Um, I couldn't stand the wind up clocks my mother bought for me because I could hear the return spring. It kept oh, me awake. Wow. So I would bury it in between my sweaters in the drawer. And when the alarm went off, I couldn't hear it. She was so upset. She kept buying me different clocks and <laughs> until she got an electric one. It just didn't work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's so fascinating because like for me, my journey was really powerful until my grandfather died. Then it shut off and then it shut off for like 30 years. And then I started waking up again. But you've had a consistent awareness because of the validations you've had and so how do you see i wouldn't say totally consistent okay because i had my period where i wanted to be normal okay you know i think we all go through that yeah, yeah. in our teen years and especially when i started college i started college very early i was 15 for two weeks wow at the beginning of college so okay. i had some very interesting social running to do to catch up to mm -hmm. the people who were my peers in, yeah. in in school years but not in physical years mm -hmm. and during that time I really wanted to be normal so I kind of I put my gifts aside okay. I, I just I didn't want that but but it kept coming back anyway yeah. you know? so it Does would keep that. breaking through and Does different that. things would happen and I'd you know so then after trying to be normal and having a career I, you know I went through a career I became a, a training and development specialist. I wrote training and development manuals and programs for little companies like Bell Telephone Company and went back in the days before it was taken apart. Yeah. AT&T, um, Ford Motor Corporation, the government, the Department of Labor, uh, all kinds of mm -hmm. um, business and industry. Yeah, that's, that's not very spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, not exactly. And then, and then I had a near death experience and the near death experience was what really, I feel like it was a big hit over the head by mm -hmm. the spirit saying, you know, you came here to do some things and you need to do them. Yeah. Stop playing this corporate game. So I did, I dropped out. I completely dropped out of corporate. Wow. I finished up my contract at Xerox uh, twice as fast as they thought I would, which was unheard of because everybody milked that place for as much as they mm -hmm. could. But I said, oh, you can finish this project with a secretary. And I set it up so the secretary could do the collating in the end and went off to Florida to become a scuba diver and lay on the beach and figure out what to do with my life yeah. next. Um, That's beautiful because pretty cool. Because I mean, you you have a very scientific mind. My master's degree is in science education. So trying to bridge that science with the deeper knowing that you have, is a is it a conflict or have you reconciled? Have you validated it? Have you integrated? 
the only conflict in my life was that I was way ahead of my time and mm. couldn't find people to understand what I was talking about. Okay. Um, you know, I wanted to do research on homeopathy and uh, pollutants because mm. I figured out way back um, that homeopathy potentizes things. What it does is it creates an energy to continue to dilute that which it starts out diluting. Mm-hmm. That was not the theory at the time. The theory was that small things would stimulate the immune system bigger than big things, which makes no sense. Never made any sense to right. me. So I, I walked around with a lima bean in my hand and asking what's entropic about the germination of a seed. And I'd walk around with different things in my hand, asking questions. And sometimes in the middle of the quadrangle, I was at WVU at that time. Okay. Uh, the light bulb would go off and I would get the answer. Oh, cool. And the answer to homeopathy was, it doesn't have anything to do with the physiology. Mm. It has to do with the electromagnetic fields that are set up as you're diluting. So if you have something that started out with a drop of strep, it eventually has no particles per million, but it has an energetic that's going to continue to dilute strep. And I wanted to know, okay, if you take that strep through your body, when you go and pee it out, Mm -hmm. does it continue to dilute strep? in the sewage yeah what a great concept yeah yeah yeah. you know yeah it's it would really be helpful and then why can't you take pollutants and dilute them and i i prayed for someone to talk to during one period of my life and i ended up sitting next to the head of epa oh wow on an airplane wow and you would have thought i was talking greek to him you probably were the only thing he would say to me this was in the 70s the only thing he would say to me is that dilution is illegal. He could not get the idea that dilution could be an energetic. Mm-hmm. He just, I, and I'm a, I'm a pretty good teacher. I've been a teacher a lot of my life. Mm-hmm. I could not get the man to understand what I was talking about because it was outside of his box. Right. And I've studied enough Piaget to know that if you don't have the construct, you can't put the shingles on. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that like, um, I've found I, and the, the phrase I use is frequency. Mm-hmm. So, um, I can tell when somebody's matching my frequency mm-hmm. and that affects how I convey information. I don't dumb myself down, but I recognize how they understand. And so I, I don't tailor, but I'm in tune to that. Um, And that's something I started in grad school with cultural studies and learning all of my cultural biases. This is before I knew anything about energy and recognizing that I'm bringing in these biases that influence how I see the world. So on a spiritual level, I see it as like the process of uncovering all of the programs and all of the beliefs and all of the karma that we have that brings us more awareness to how we show up in the world and how that change, like once we heal, it it raises our frequency so we can find more things to heal. I don't even know where I'm going with this, but um, okay, I'm tuning in. I'll use an example from my life because I know I, I know you have one from your life. So my beloved mother and I 
have had much karma between us. I have been on a deep healing journey with my mom for 12 years. And the layers keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper. But the more I go within, the more I can show love and compassion to myself and to her. And so my frequency gets shifted. It does. When I do that healing, and as a result of my shifting, it affects her. Correct. And that's, <clears throat> that's for her soul's level and my soul's level. And... Okay, now that I've explained that, I'm hearing the question. How do you feel that shift in consciousness when people go in and do that deep inner healing it doesn't just affect the family line does it affect oh, it affects all of humanity okay it affects the entire planet i mean that's one of the reasons why working on ourselves is the most important thing we can do mm -hmm. because whenever we move forward on our path we create a path the image i like is um you have a field of grass and there's no path mm. and one person walks it and the grass pops right back up again mm -hmm. but 10 people walk it and the grass doesn't come up quite as much mm -hmm. and 10 more people walk it and you know and 100 more people walk it and you've got a really good path mm -hmm. so each one of us who works through our issues is able to leave a path for the next person mm -hmm. that's easier than it was for you mm -hmm. so you said 12 years. No, you've been working through things with your mother for 12 lifetimes. Yeah. None of them. Yeah. Um, we have lots of lifetimes and, and lifetime clearing. Oh, aware of it for 12 years. Right, right, right. This <laughs> lifetime, you're yeah. only aware of it. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, but we've been working through stuff for right. many, many lifetimes. Right. And that's one of the things that I do is help people find their past lives and heal them. I don't do past life readings because that leaves people... Uh, with something open that they don't know what to do with. Mm -hmm. I, I work with people until that past life is healed. It's there's resolution. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the subtitle to ghost guiders thirsting for resolution. Yeah. Because the spirits that have not crossed over are spirits that have something that's unresolved. They have something that they need to clear. They have something they need to deal with. Mm -hmm. And this book is full of those stories. Of well, I, I had a class with her last year mm -hmm. and we had the opportunity to work with um, my former partner's summer home. And it was dark. It was dark. It had like, it had an entity in the fireplace. It had, it had it, a portal in the fireplace. It had a portal in the fireplace. Um, yeah. Native Americans, uh, German spies, suicides. I mean, it was dark. It was really dark. And the class all tuned in. It was so fascinating because I'd never done anything like this before. But we had the space. You opened the, the space for us to open ourselves up. And we were all able to tune in and feel all of the non-physical things that were attached to the building. And I reached out to him a few days later and he was going up that weekend and he took pictures of the house and he said, 
I don't know what you did, but it's never felt this nice before. So it really is fascinating once we move out of our perceptions of what's real. Our limitations, I would say. Yeah. You know, we've we've been taught to think within a box. And mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the, the things that my brother gave me as a gift. He taught me schoolwork at the third grade level before I went to kindergarten. Oh, wow. So I wasn't in their boxes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I learned all that stuff. So what did they do with me? They made me a teacher. I was a teacher from first grade on. Wow. Fortunately, in kindergarten, they let me play and draw and do normal things. Which yeah, I, yeah. I was really grateful for. They wanted to double promote me out of kindergarten. My mother said, absolutely not. Yeah. And I'm grateful to her for that. Yeah. But then in first grade, I was so bored and they gave me all the kids who would now be labeled learning disabled mm-hmm. or learning challenged and two hydrocephalics and a girl from Greece who spoke no English. Wow. I taught her to speak English. I worked with the hydrocephalics. I got the others to learn how to read. So the teacher was very happy. I was happy because I wasn't bored. Right. That was nice. Um, and I think that's what kept me from being so indoctrinated. Not that I don't have my boxes. I do. Yeah. Uh, But not as indoctrinated Mm -hmm. as a lot of people into very fine, uh, concretely built boxes. Yeah. You know, think within this and don't Mm -hmm. think outside of this. So in my first year of college, the professor said, if you want to win a big award, figure out why cells differentiate. And I thought that was a neat challenge. That's an awesome challenge. I went to the library and I read all the stuff he had on reserve and I studied it and I had a light bulb go off and I said, it's not biochemical. It can't be because you've got one cell and it duplicates. I don't care how many times it duplicates. It's the same cell. It's the same biochemistry. You know, why does this become an eye and this become a foot? Yeah. And the research shows that if you take cells off of the eye and put them on the foot of a frog or a chick or a number of different embryos that they've tried it on, you don't get an eye on a foot, you get a healthy foot. And you also get a healthy eye. Yeah. So it can't be in the cell. It right. can't be in the genetics right, of right. It, the DNA. It has to be in the field around. Mm-hmm. Well, my little 16-year-old self with long blonde hair went into Professor Bell's office and said, oh, I figured it out. <laughs> I got it. I know why cells differentiate. Yeah. And he said, why? And I explained it to him. And he threw me out of his office telling me I was crazy. Wow. And I was so young. And he was a professor. You know, right, I right. thought professors were kind of, you know, s- several steps closer to God, at least. <laughs> <laughs> so I walked out yeah. of there kind of confused because yeah. I was pretty sure that this was pretty basic logic. Mm-hmm. You know, this was not a big leap in logic. If it's not biochemical, then it must be electromagnetic. Right. Because those are the two options. Right. I mean, you know, it seems simple to me. Well, I kept that to myself for quite a few years. And in 1982, I believe it was, Rupert Sheldrake wrote a book. Rupert Sheldrake has five PhDs from Oxford in England. A very, very, very intelligent man. And he wrote the same thing in the beginning of his book, The New Basis of Life. Wow. So I was quite vindicated by that. Yeah. But nobody else speaks that language yet. I tried to do, I wanted to do water research Mm. for my graduate work. And I couldn't find anybody who could understand what I was talking about. Right. They just right. didn't get it. Because the consciousness wasn't there. And they made me realize that there's so much science at that time didn't know about water 
don't know why it freezes and expands when all the liquids contract when they mm -hmm. freeze. They didn't know why the surface tension was different. They didn't know why the molecular structure is outside of Bohr's molecule mm. uh, predictions. Mm -hmm. It's different from other molecules. I mean, water is so amazing. It's so incredible. But now there's a new book out called um, The Fourth Phase of Water, mm -hmm. which I recommend to anybody who's interested in knowing more about water. It's brilliant. Oh. And um, I'll remember the author's name in a minute. Um, it it's a very scientific book and it presents um, a lot of the research and also explanations why water research got stopped at certain points mm. because it became very unpopular because some people were discredited. So everybody else was afraid to go there. The fourth right. phase of water by Gerald Pollack. Okay. Great. It's fascinating because like there's so many things that we have that, that well, I'll just use the 20th century that you know free energy from Tesla um hydrogen cars mm -hmm. those are two basic examples that the technology exists right. but aside from any other agendas we haven't been able to have that consciousness to receive it yeah. Well, after the Hindenburg, I understand people's apprehension about hydrogen cars. Yeah. Yeah. Technology has improved, though. I know it has improved. But I mean, the, emitting water, I mean, drinking water <laughs> out of your car. I mean, that just yeah. sounds yeah. amazing to it me. It sounds amazing. Um, but as long as it doesn't explode. Yeah. Well, I get it. I get it. <laughs> to me, it's fascinating, especially in the past few years of how we've had an acceleration of a dichotomy of control versus sovereignty. Mm -hmm. And it's been going on a long time. Well, but it's I, I know it has, but I mean it's it's been hyper focused, I'll say. Okay. Um I think it's been brought into the light. Yeah. I mean it's it's, it's like it's been kind of on the periphery for a while and now it's really focused. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been there a long time. Mm -hmm. And what I'm seeing, um, and I had this experience yesterday, it was magical. I'm at an Olive Garden. I don't eat at Olive Garden. I, I'm very, very, very ridiculously, boringly healthy eater. But my body was like, I need to go to Olive Garden. Like, okay, so I went to Olive Garden with my friends and our waiter completely different energy than any other staff member mm -hmm. i'm tuning into him he actually went like this at one point and i'm like why is he a waiter so we we finish up dinner and i say i i have to tell you connor you have a different energy and he's like what do you mean i said you have a really pure energy and it feels like you're you're like something's wanting to come through you and he's like how do you know I said, well, I do energy healing. I mean, that's one of the many things I've been doing in the past few years is I do uh, body talk now. Um, but he was shocked. He said, is it like Reiki? I'm like, well, it's a little more complex than Reiki, but yeah, it's the same idea. It's working in the quantum field. And then I introduced him to Gary and Gary's talking about his magical sound healing that's 
it, it's really complex. He works with harmonics. He works with sacred geometry. It's a whole thing. And with each moment this young man is spending with us, I saw his heart expanding and he's opening up into this, into the divine being he is. I don't think if I'd seen him two years ago, I would have been able to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm seeing more people starting to wake up as a result oh, of this. You know, I've been at this work for a long time and <clears throat> I'm talking, you know, back in the early seventies, we're talking about yeah. things have changed dramatically since yeah. then. You know, I went to college in the 60s, the late 60s and early 70s, and life has dramatically changed mm -hmm. since then. And the number of people who are awake, um, just recently I'm looking for a house and the realtor comes up to me and says, you have a beautiful aura. <laughs> like, I love this that. This is not normal. And then she refers me to a loan officer who at the end of our conversation says, uh, do you do you do anything about ghosts in houses? I said, uh, yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, matter I clear of houses. And I've yeah. got this book called Ghost Guiders, and I'm doing a class on ghost guiders yeah. and earth healing work. Yeah. Um, earth Healing 101 is the first class, and that's required before you take ghost guiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to go through learning the tools. Mm -hmm. And I've shortened that to a five-week class. Okay. You went to the 10-week version. Yep. But I'm going to divide it up this time. So... The earth healing class comes first, and we're going to cover the basics of biodynamics and tachyon and many different tools that you can use in earth healing work. And of course, stories, because I'm famous for my stories. <laughs> and then um, the next class will be ghost guiders, and that will include an attunement for you to open up your faculties to be able to better perceive mm -hmm. spirits. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to see them with your outer sight. It may be that you can sense them with your inner sight. You yeah. can you can get messages. You can have knowings. You don't have to see all of this externally. Um, not everyone has that ability, and it's probably a good thing. Well, it's not always for, fun to see. You know, for me, it's um, it's the knowing and the sensing. And occasionally the audience, the clear audience. Mm -hmm. So we have we so we have our five senses, and then we have five extrasensory senses. We have more senses than that. Okay, but yeah, those are the according, five basics according to twelve for Rudolf Steiner. Okay, like the sense of well-being and the sense of balance. And oh, I love that. There are many different senses. I yeah. love that, and we have all those in clear senses as well. Okay, so we. The attunement is designed to work with you and your gifts mm -hmm. to help to enhance your gifts. And that uh, happens in the first class. And then what we do is we practice like we did yeah, yeah, know, yeah. in the class with you. And I hold space for everyone to be able to amplify each person's tools mm. and tune in and it's it's really great because what happens in the class is someone will bring me something mm -hmm. oh i've got this thing outside my window and i'd really like you to clear it like uh in the last class we had someone bring us a group of spirits who were outside her window oh wow and we all started working on that and everybody got different information and each one of the spirits that was outside of her window had been stuck because of some tragedy that happened 
in the life where they died. Wow. And we were able to help them to see what was going on and to do the forgiveness or do whatever needed to be done in order to help that person to heal and to cross over and go into the light, mm-hmm. which I love. You know, the guy who does my covers, I think did a fabulous job yeah. of this. You know, watching yeah. someone go into the light is just it's just what we're here such for. a gift. It's such a gift. For. And it it lets Mother Earth be freer because yeah. those are dense and energies that stay mm-hmm. in the physical that don't belong here. Right. And when they clear, it helps Mother Earth. So this is an aspect of Earth healing mm-hmm. work. And oh, where I was going to say something else, and I've lost it. So, so I guess that's cool. That's <laughs> that all right. Enough. Oh, so the um, oh, the class, the tools, yep. and then we worked on those spirits and each person got a different spirit to work with. Oh, cool. And the other people who hadn't, they were kind of shy and hadn't come forward mm-hmm. finally said at the end, Oh my God, I got all that too. Wow. And she said, you know, that was such validation for me because yeah. I didn't say anything and you all did exactly what I had heard also. Right. And then there was something in the end where one of the people said, oh, I'm getting something about a well across the street. And he's never been where this person lives. Wow. And there was indeed a well. And the well had to do with one of the person's lifetimes okay. that had to clear. So wow. we ended up going to the well and blessing the well yeah. and creating a clearing there. So and we work on cemeteries long distance. Mm. We don't have to be present. This right. is the class happens on Zoom and mm. it involves people across the country. And when you're working together with a group, it's really wonderful because different people's gifts will be different facets of the diamond, mm-hmm. you know, and it becomes a whole that's really beautiful. Yeah. And everybody sees different layers. Mm-hmm. So you get really effective clearings. So when are you offering these classes? They're going to start in March okay. and the, the dates will be on my website. Okay. Which is body soul and angels.com. B O D Y S O U L A N D angels.com. <laughs> it's Hold an on. ampersand in my, uh, in my logo, but on the web, you have to have A N D. You're not allowed to have an ampersand. Right. Awesome. And it's just a fun course. Um, We also have a point in the course where everybody makes a sign that says the metaphysician is in, (laughs) the metaphysician is out. Because sometimes when you open to this, there are too many that want to come to you. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did for one of the women who was in the very first class I taught. And she put the sign up because she ended up being, she was on a highway between a monastery and a uh, convent Ooh. and the spirits were going to both places looking for help yeah and she was right on a direct line wow so she had a constant flow of spirits coming mm-hmm. through her apartment which is why she joined the course and i worked with her individually and we we set it up so that in the beginning i worked with her once a week mm-hmm. in private sessions mm-hmm so that she could clear the ones who were waiting outside the door to get cleared. Um, And then she, we created this sign, Mm -hmm. the metaphysician is in, the metaphysician is out so that she could have only specific times that she was willing to work with them Mm because it can, it can get overwhelming. That's one of the tools we have 
not to have it be overwhelming. Yeah. 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 I, when I do a session, I always call on my team and the team of the being I work with and their higher selves and my higher selves. And, and only then can I facilitate a session. Of course. And then I close it out by thanking them and, and praying for the highest unfolding. And then it goes away because there's clear boundaries. Right. Um, even though I, uh, I hear them chirping at me right now. <laughs> but we do that in the class too. Yeah. I, I help people make opening and closing macros, which yeah. save a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. They're they're pretty easy to use, but we yeah. we spend time creating an opening macro and a closing macro. So you are working in a safe space. Mm -hmm. And this little guy behind me here is called a Stargate, and I'm a Stargate facilitator, and we do the sessions within a Stargate. So we start a Stargate meditation yeah, yeah. at the beginning, and that creates a safe, sacred space mm -hmm. in which to work. Yeah, it's pretty beautiful. So if you're interested, I really hope you'll contact me. Probably the easiest way to contact me is by text. Emails can get lost. And my phone number is 919-949-3039. Linnea, thank you so very much for your time and for all the work you do in the world. Oh, thank you. Thank you for doing this podcast. You're welcome. It's awesome. You're welcome. And I hope you will be doing them regularly. That is my intention. It is, it is a pleasure to be doing them again. Great. Yeah. Thank you, everyone who has joined us to listen. And uh, I used to do, and I'm bringing, being told to bring it back again, uh, an action item of the week. And uh, your action item of the week is to explore the possibilities of the unknown. Um, and if you feel called to reach out to Linnea, and I'll have the links available for you so you can uh, you can do so. And in the meantime, I bid you peace, love, and blessings. Namaste. Namaste. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it, yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go. And let it flow.